they don't want to post anything educational because it doesn't get engagement. That's what they say. But it's because they're posting like just a link to a blog on someone else's site and little to no caption or description to go along with it. Of course, that doesn't get any engagement, right? But if you're using powerful imagery that no one else has, then that can A, draw them in and B, still convey something that's really, really important. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whisker Talks, the veterinary marketing podcast. I'm Adam Greenbaum, CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud. Today, I have Caitlin DeWild on the social DVM. How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you? I'm tired. You're tired. We're all tired. We were just talking about how tired we are. You're speaking at Uncharted tonight. There's a lot happening. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of the uh, the theme of the last uh, 14 months or so. So we'll just go with it. I used to do a lot of public speaking and I would never prepare. And then I would just go up there and just wing it and it would always go well. So same with the podcasts. Uh, you and I have nothing prepared. We literally like race talk through 45 seconds before this. And here we are. This is the best way to do it. I think it's the most uh, authentic that way. I think that's what we'll go with. Yeah. And I'll start by asking you the question I ask everyone as a huge Marvel fan. What is your origin story? So you're Dr. Strange. You're a famous surgeon. You drive off a cliff. You hurt your hands. You go travel across the world. You meet the Supreme Sorcerer and you get fixed. How did you get into vet med? I have a little bit of a weird story compared to most people. You know, I think uh, I think most five-year-old girls decide they want to be a veterinarian. And most of my classmates kept that, right? They stuck with that. And I, I'm apparently too, like, ADD for that. And so I never really thought about vet med until my senior year of high school. And I had my heart set on becoming a professional cellist and an orchestra teacher, and my parents were like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, so, which they were very right. Um, they, they were both teachers themselves. And so I think they could see that that was like probably not going to really go well for me as my personality <laughs> works. So they, they signed me up for like a bunch of different, um, you know, kind of job shadowing experiences through 4-H and they're like, we're from a little you know, ag community. So um, by default, they signed me up for one at a vet clinic. And I remember being so mad at my mom, like, this isn't even remotely in my interest. I was like, you know, I kind of like the writing one at the newspaper. And I kind of like this other one. But I was like, why did what? I'm not going to the vet clinic. It's gonna be so gross and weird. I don't want to do it. And she was like, please go. You only have to go till noon. And if you hate it, I will never mention it again. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. And I remember getting dropped off and being like doing one of those like angry car door slams, you know, as most teenage girls probably do a lot, but, um, or adult grown women, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I remember slamming the door. Like I am counting the minutes till I can be like, yo, it's noon coming to me. (laughs) And I called at noon and was like, can I, can I stay until later until tonight. And I was, I was totally hooked that day, but um, I totally got to ride around with this kind of old, old school farm doc. And, um, but there were newer, younger vets in the practice too. And once I was in there, I, I just was like, holy crap, I had no idea what it really entailed, you know, and the, the way that 
he was able to connect with the animals, but also the people, like the people was more of it at that practice at the time. And so I, I was just like, holy crap. And, and you get to go out and you're going to go take care of a, a herd of cows. And then you're going to come back and like do surgery on this dog. And like, then you're going to like eat a sandwich over a, <laughs> a mayo stand in the back. And then while they're scrubbing in for a cat, like, it was all different. And then we're going to go take care of a horse, right? So it was just constantly different inside, outside, lots of people. And, and everyone just was like so thankful and grateful. And plus the animals were just awesome. And I was like, how can I not do this? Like suddenly everything else I'd been considering was really boring. So that's kind of how I got into it. But then I had to scramble because I had, had been taking on purpose like almost no math and science. <laughs> so I had to really spin it around, but luckily it, it all worked out. So that's my, that's my weird story. And now here you are. Here you are. And there's so many different types of veterinarians. There's the veterinarians who just want to be a vet and do their thing. There's people who want to be a practice owner. And then there's people like you who want to become a voice, an influencer, a thought leader. So how does that happen? How does someone become the social DVM as opposed to just saying, I'm going to be a vet slash chief medical director? Yeah. And I don't know that I know the answer to that. Because honestly, if you had told me in vet school that this is what I would be doing, I would have laughed at you. First of all, I would not have really known what I was talking about because Facebook was like barely a thing, right? I didn't even get Facebook until my fourth year of vet school. That's quite going to age me at this point. But I only got it because in board study sessions, I could see that some of my classmates were on Facebook instead of studying. <laughs> so I was like, that sounds like a good idea. What's that? But I literally never had it until then. I didn't have an, a smartphone or an iPhone until I was already a vet. So I had no intention. And in fact, I every plan to go back home to that little town and become a, a mixed animal vet and focus on beef cattle. And that obviously didn't happen at all. But just the way my life took me, I was a small animal vet and again, did not have any intention of becoming any kind of influencer or really anything different than a small animal vet. And I was at best maybe thinking about practice ownership or, you know, maybe being a medical director, something along those lines. And just the way kind of my career path led me, I realized kind of, you know, not super early in, maybe five years in that I was getting a little bit bored. And uh, not to say that I'm like super smart or anything like that, because I definitely had not figured out every case or like anything complex or anything like that. But I was just like, if I just have to see ear infections and rabies vaccines for the next 30 years, we're going to have a problem, right? <laughs> and it just happened that I was able to take this job at this little clinic in the middle of nowhere. And it was specifically an older veterinarian who wanted a younger vet to come in and try to help bring the practice up to speed a little bit, mostly because he wanted, he knew he wanted to sell it. And he knew it was unviable in its current state. And so he kind of let me have free reign on anything technology related. And I wasn't like, didn't think of myself as a geek or a tech nerd at the time, but I kind of shortly became one because I had to, right? I had to figure out what practice management software we needed, what kind of computers we needed to make that happen. And then more of an efficiency standpoint, like how do we speed up this process or that workflow? And by default, by doing that, I was like, this is cool. And I was starting to be a little happier again about, you know, okay, I could do this for another 30 years. But then I was doing all of that plus being a vet. 
And before I knew it, I was working like 70 hours a week. And I was kind of doing this in a way to build the practice, right? So I'd started, you would laugh if you saw it. And actually, I think you have seen it. I, I taught myself how to build a website on Weebly, which was like really, really terrible. It's real, real bad. But we didn't have a website before then, right? So I was like, let's, let's try that. Let's try social media. And then that really worked. And then all of a sudden, other clinics and some of the reps were like, hey, can you can you help show this other clinic that's not a competitor, but like, could you help them with that? And I thought I was just helping other vets, but then they acted like I had some sort of like magical sorcery knowledge or something. And I was like, okay, like, this is awesome. I'm helping other people. And like I said, at the same time, I'm, I'm trying to build this practice and I'm thinking I'm going to buy it. And then all of a sudden I'm working 70 hours a week and I have a seven month old baby and it comes down to the actual like decision on the sale And not only did that part of it not go well, I realized at the same time that I was missing so much of his life because I was leaving before he ate breakfast and I was coming home and he was already asleep. And I was like, this is not working either. (laughs) And so I kind of just thought maybe I could do this. And I thought I would do this, meaning the consulting and figuring out social media for vets as I thought I would do it as a part-time thing until my kids got older. And then now I, I can't imagine doing anything else. <laughs> so I just sort of fell into it is the very long answer that I just gave you. <laughs> and I, uh, I did not have any intention of, of becoming a kind of influencer, as you say, and I would still even question if I, <laughs> if I am worthy of that title. <laughs> I love that story. I mean, it's no different than mine. I was like, trying to remember, I think I was in like middle school. I was the first kid at my entire middle school with a CD burner. And then I had like LimeWire and Napster and I would download CDs and I would sell CDs to everyone at school in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. It's just, it was a little different back then, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. And you know, what's funny is like, when I think about other professions and like hearing you talk about the days as a vet versus the days at, you know, doing what you're doing now with a lot more like marketing and and technology. I sit at a computer. I have a wonderful home office during this pandemic. My home office has a Peloton and a big TV and a big chair that my wife hangs out in and a Casper dog bed and more Hulk stuff than any adult man should ever admit to having. And um, it's really my home oasis. And I think to myself, what's it like for people who aren't at a computer 16 hours a day. Like when you were a vet, did it move quick? Oh yeah, absolutely. But then, you know, my husband jokes that I'm a different person now because when I would go to the clinic and I would, would do a full day, right. Which was totally normal. I would come home and I was literally dead to the world. You know, I was just like, I have to eat right now. Cause I haven't eaten all day. And I need to like watch something really dumb on TV or look at memes or just be a total vegetable for an hour. And then I need to go to bed. Like that was about all I had left in me at the end of the day (laughs) um, as a full-time practicing vet. And I don't know how much of that was like, I don't want to say it was like all physical drainage, but I think, you know, I was mentally drained. I was emotionally drained. It's a very hard job. And I think a lot of people don't give vets and and technicians and practice managers and receptionists, everybody's doing the same kind of environment that it's a draining job. And now when I'm like, I'm done with my work, I'm like, 
okay, great. Like, let's go. <laughs> right. Like, and I, I still have energy to do things at night. Basically. I'm like, Hey, let's, maybe I should learn to actually cook or maybe I should go for a walk or, you know, and I'm also home right before eight or nine o'clock at night, which was what was happening in my previous life. So, you know, I, I definitely think there's a little bit difference of my ability to manage those things. And, you know, I've, I've often wondered if subconsciously, like part of me knew that I wasn't equipped to handle that <laughs> constant stress for like a long time. Although don't get me wrong, it's not unstressful now, but uh, it's a little bit, you know, I, I honestly think the the emotional stress was was pretty hard, right? For if you do that day in, day out for, for years and years, that, that can really wear you down. And so I think that part of my life is a little bit better, but I'm not going to lie that pandemic, you know, really didn't affect my day to day and except for the days that I went to the clinic and then it, then it sure did. But my normal day to day, I was like, this is basically the same. This is fun, but not, uh, not all, all bad there. I should say. I mean, this conversation reminds me so much of my chat with, Jessica Vogelsang, who is a friend who is on this podcast. And man, it's just, it just weirds me out to just always hear it comes off as it's just horrible to be a veterinarian. I always worry about that when I admit things like that, because it's not, and it's not horrible, but it's not the rosy picture that the public thinks that it is. And so that discrepancy in perception is different. It's also really challenging when it doesn't come with the uh, financial rewards that it should. So, you know, if you're you're balancing like I'd happily work 70 hours a week if I'm making, you know, a, a living wage and I didn't have six figures in student loan debt. Right. Like that's a little bit different. Um, for a lot of people, that's a that's a big problem. Right. It's hard to get over that. Like I paid and I. I paid to do this to myself, right? And I'm not even digging out of the hole yet. And I'm working so hard. And then you see your colleagues like this. This was something that really, uh, you know, kind of probably affected some of my choices is my husband's a couple years older than me. And our friends are a couple years older as, as a result, our friends here in this area. And they all got out of college, you know, four or five years for an undergrad degree and then went on went straight to the workforce, right? And then they started making uh, good, decent money and buying houses and having families and all those things. That was all delayed for us, right? Like by an extra five years or so. And then those, you know, when I'm seeing like all of our friends have like totally have money to go do all the things, travel the world, have the nice big house and all these things. And then my friends that are all the vets were like, okay, guys, we're doctors. And this week, we can totally afford to go to lunch on Friday. Like, you know, that's the discrepancy. And you're like, I'm 30 years old. And this is a challenge, right? Like, that's super hard. And then you get this perception of dealing with these clients that make you think that you're or make you feel bad, right? For charging money, like, that sucks, right? (laughs) And so you're dealing with that constant that turmoil. And I think another issue that that happens is, you know, when you decide, you basically have to decide that you want to be a vet, like when you're 16, 17 years old, right? Like that's when most people are like, all right, I'm doing it because you have to go through your undergrad and get enough of the prereqs to get through, you know, uh, vet school. So assuming you're not like a second career or non-traditional student, but you know, if you're deciding this is what I want for my life when I'm 16 or 17 years old, that's a huge decision to make also. (laughs) And you might 
have a different view of your life. Like I totally did not care that I would be working 80 hours a week and pulling cows in the middle of a, a snowstorm at midnight on a Saturday. That sounded like fun to me, right? At 17, 18 years old. Now, like approaching 40 with small children, <laughs> oh my God, no, I would never do that, right? <laughs> I, could, I, I could not even fathom that. I would pay you to not call me in the middle of the night <laughs> ever, right? So your, your life is different. So I think we get a lot of people that are like, think that it's going to be awesome. And then are like, holy crap, the realities of it are so much different than what your heart wants it to be. And reconciling those two things is often really difficult. But at the end of the day, if you're able to do that or find a way to even get close to that, it is still the greatest job in the world. Like you get to help animals and people at the same time. And they're adorable, right? Like, so <laughs> the, the animals, the not animal. the people. Yeah. Let's yeah, the animals like definitely yeah. just the animals. So like that part of it does make it awesome, but it's just all those other like adulting facts. It's like when you buy a house, right? Like this house looks awesome, but the adulting part of it is like taxes, foundation, radon detection like you know what i mean <laughs> those oh i know what you mean we bought, we bought our house at the end of 2019 and we've yeah. been you know we're and we're trapped here and then we're we're doing like we renovated the kitchen we're, we're constantly doing projects and as i say to my wife it never ends and, and like this is you know what's funny is we live we're in southern california we're not far from the beach down here and you know it's like everything's normal everything's fine and then it was last weekend I'm sorry, it was like a Monday or Tuesday last week. And our, we have a smart house. So I've got cameras and motion detectors and stuff. My phone starts buzzing. I'm up at four every day. Anyway, it wakes me up at 3.30. There is a naked homeless man on my front patio showering with our hose on camera. Um, <laughs> oh my God. And, I mean, it's just, and it's just so funny. It's like, yeah, it's like you, you okay. never know what life's going to throw at you. And you're just like, Okay, that just happened. Uh, what an interesting morning. And it was funny because my wife's alarm wakes her up at 630 every day. And I was like, literally like sitting there at 630. And she was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I know you're about to wake up. I know you get the same alerts I do. I'm going to warn you before you freak. Everything's fine. Everything's cleaned up. I nothing's happened, but I'm sure you'll see the videos. There is some nudity, so be prepared for that. And yeah, it's just like it just never ends. It's just crazy. I uh I think about like running Whisker Cloud. You know, it's no different than being a vet. I mean, it's funny too. Like I, I remember when I was growing up, my first job out of college, I worked in an agency, and there's this guy named Charles there. Charles, if you're listening. Whatever, man. Yeah, he used to brag about how many hours he worked. And I was like, I hate you, loser. Like, who gives a shit? You think you're so cool. And it's funny because now, like, you're sitting there saying, like, I work seven hours a week. And I'm in my head, I'm like, man, I would kill to work only 70 hours a week. Holy shit, that would be great. But, uh, and, you know, it's the same thing. I think a lot of, a lot of vets think like, yeah, this sucks. I bought a practice. Like I don't make that much money. You know, for me, it's not that different. Uh, you know, we bought our house other than that. I mean, I had another company before this that I sold and, and, you know, funded whisker cloud with, but you know, I think people see the whisker clouds of the world and some of these other companies and they think like, Oh yeah, he drives a Tesla. He does this. I'm like, no, not really. I work a hundred hours a week for the last six years. And you know, or were the company's exploded and it's huge and we've got 20 something employees and, and, and it's cool, but you know, I'm not sitting here with like a Rolex on and I don't even drive a car cause I hate driving and we live within 30 seconds walking of everything I need. So, 
you know, it's just it's just funny, too. I think there's this misconception about vets and people like me where it's like, oh, man, it's extravagant and it's great. And it's like, not really. I sit at a computer 18 hours a day and it sucks and it's not always fun. And then I sit there and I I dream about what would it be like to have a job where you didn't have to use a computer ever? And I dream about that. Like, man, it must be so cool to be like a surf instructor. And then I'm like, yeah, well, I want to do that. But I even think about being a vet. It's like, yeah, you know, you walk into a room, you see some people, you talk to them, you see the pets, you have a relationship with the pets. It's nice. I know it's not that rosy all the time, but you know, it's, it's better than, uh, in my mind, sometimes I'm like, well, shit, I don't, you know, oh man, I didn't email that person back for the last three days. And if I don't email now, it's 11.45 PM. I'll forget tomorrow and I'm busy and I'll wake up. There'll be a homeless guy showering in the front yard. So I better handle this. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I'm like, oh shit, I have to send an email. Do I? Yeah, kind of, you know, and it's, and you, you know, you buy a veterinary practice and you're like, that's it. I'm the boss. No, you're not the boss. Cause you have your clients and it's the same thing. I'm not the boss at whisker cloud. I answer to every single one of our customers. Yeah. We're at the mercy of our customers and we deal with the same stuff that, you know, you guys deal with. Sometimes people wake up and, you know, we were getting emails like maybe halfway through COVID. I'm saying like August, September last year, where people are like, you know, can you not charge us this month? You know, times are tough. We're like, you know, we track everything on your website. You had 200 appointment requests on the site, right? Like you emailed us 13 times for huge changes on your website. You did a call with our success team. You know, if you're going to call someone and say things aren't going well, call someone that isn't tracking all this stuff, please. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky when you have to deal with all those extraneous factors, right? Like the actual work, like I say that all the time, like the actual work of like going into a room greeting an owner, examining the pet and figuring out what's wrong with them and, and treating that disease and getting them out the door. That part of it is totally awesome. I love that part of it. And I miss that part of it, honestly, like even when I'm not able to practice as much as I'd like to, uh, that's what I miss. What I don't miss (laughs) is all of the other stuff that comes with it. Like, working till eight o'clock at night or working every Saturday or inventory or, you know, answering the the client email that's, you know, or a bad online review kind of thing like that stuff that all surrounds it, which I'm sure is similar for what you're dealing with as a business owner. That's the stuff that doesn't, that sucks, right? Like if you just had to build the, the website, you're probably like, this is awesome, right? <laughs> but it's like, oh wait, payroll tax. <laughs> like those are the things that totally... It's just the adulting. It's the adulting of employment. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's why I'm like, you know, you and I are very similar. Like, it seems like like the act of being an adult or like having these things. That's why I'm a an adult man who's sitting here surrounded by about $7,000 worth of Hulk memorabilia because it's like some and, and a lot of like Lakers and Dodgers stuff. Sometimes you just need that feel like, OK, my whole life isn't like payroll and taxes and and software updates and fist fighting Google over Zoom at seven in the morning. And I have the social DVM here. So I want to talk about some social stuff. So you consult practices on on social media and things like that. You know, at Whisker Cloud, we manage, we manage, I want to say without looking about, you know, a few hundred uh, clinics, Facebook pages, Instagram, things like that. It's a lot. You know, people don't realize this, you know, when you outsource it to someone like us or like you, I mean, you or we were at the mercy of their ability or inability to send us content. 
And they're very adverse to sending content. And then when they do, it's like, you know, it looks like they took the picture where they were like falling down the stairs at a hundred miles per hour and like snapped the picture really quick. And you're like, that's either a cat or a comet heading for earth. I don't know. And it's, you know, we send out emails where we're like, here are 20 social media holidays this month. Here's also, you know, four ideas that we're giving you for the month. We do that every month. And we have, I would say two thirds of our clinics do a decent job. 10% 10% do a really good job. The rest are like, post whatever. We don't give a shit. And we're like, uh, can you please give a shit? But like when you're talking to them and they're just not getting you content, what do you do? And hey, Whisker Cloud crew, take some notes here. Let's figure out what we can do. Uh, what if whatever she says. <laughs> I think honestly, that's when I have the conversation that you're you're your own limiting factor here, right? So think back to what, is the reason you're using social media to begin with. Why are you using social media? If it has anything to do with building loyalty or building a brand awareness that you maybe don't have right now, but particularly the building loyalty, you cannot accomplish that with stock photos or Canva graphics, right? As much as I'd love to, because I would love to do that. (laughs) It'd be a great successful business model for me. However, it's not going to work, right? It's not going to resonate. And that gets harder and harder to overcome every single day. So, you know, just as well as I do, when the algorithms change and they push pages down to the bottom of like the the very bottom (laughs) of getting any traction and then you don't want to have any pictures well guess what the only thing that we can do is go off those like well today is peanut butter awareness day so let's post something about that and no that's not going to catch anyone's eye and that's not going to make no one's going to see that and be like oh it is peanut butter awareness day and that is awesome and i am so glad that my vet that i picked out of 30 in this town they're the only ones that told me it was peanut butter appreciation day like nobody's going to do that but what they are going to have a visceral emotional reaction to is somebody on that team caring for a pet and that can only be accomplished by somebody with a freaking phone on the ground, right? That's the only way that we're going to get those, that kind of content. So, I mean, I could run ads and so can you, like we can run ads and get some people that are not, that are just like trying to get the first appointment in. But I think everybody, especially now, like most practices I know are either like not accepting new clients or they're dreading new clients, right? We don't want just any new client. We want the client that's there for life, not the client that's like, hey, I need appointment today and I don't care who it's with, right? That's not the kind of client that we're, we're all looking for. So I just, at that point, I have to have that conversation with those clients like, okay, I understand that you don't have a lot of time to get photos and send them to us, but please know uh, your engagement will suck as a result. (laughs) And we will not be able to do as good of a job of meeting your objectives for even using social media in the first place. So why are you paying me money? Basically is the conversation I have. And they get pretty like alarmed when I say things like that. So they get alarmed with us too. And we send them more like literally ideas. Like it's, 
veterinary appreciation like this week it's veterinary receptionist week do you want to post stuff here's you know we sent out like three or four ideas it's like i think two clinics i mean but that's it but it's like how hard is it to go take a picture of the receptionist and talk about them this is what they like i'll give them the pass like on occasion right because it does happen like even at my own clinic i'm like Oh, shoot. Have we done anything yet? I don't think we have because it's been a really crazy week, right? So it happens on occasion. But if that's the answer that they're giving you to every prompt and every time you're like hounding them, then that's that's going to be reflected, right? And they can't feel they can't be, you know, feel bad about their their results sucking basically at the end. Like maybe you should you should generate that in your report. Be like, yeah, you could have well, an A, but this week's report is a C because you didn't send us stuff. And, you know, I've done training and like talked to some of our, you know, multi clinic companies we work with. And they've said, you know, yeah, engagements were down. I said, well, yeah, you know, you didn't send us anything. What do you want to do? We even did a case study where we were talking to a hospital in New Jersey. They said, you know, Facebook's just not going well. And someone on our social media team said, I'll make you a deal. I want you to send me seven photos we're going to schedule them into the next two weeks. We're going to create these awesome graphics. And I want you to do this for us and send us seven to 10 pictures. And we did it. And it was just insane. Their, their engagement over that period more than doubled. And it was like, yeah, this is not that hard to figure out, you know, but I think even some of the other things that people don't realize about social media marketing and Facebook marketing is, you know, I think if you're sitting there saying, Hey, like, let's just get a post for Thursday. That's bad. Don't just get a post. You know, it's like it, Whisker Cloud. You know, I have a team of like six people that seriously focus on Whisker Cloud's emails and social media. And it's great. And, you know, the engagement on Facebook sucks. But the funny thing is, like, we'll get stuff that has five or eight likes and then we'll get like 89 clicks in the first day it posts. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm at the point where like I'm not even looking at likes and shares, which I think a lot of people do. I'm like, no, did it drive to traffic? Did it lead to email subscriptions? Did it lead to, you know, we track all those things both for ourselves and for our customers. So it's like, you know, they always say that, yeah, I was looking at that post last week. It only got three clicks. Did you see how many conversions it led to on your website? No. Why? Like, well, do you pay your bills and employees with likes on Facebook or do you pay them with appointment requests? There's that weird like bridge where we're trying to educate them. And I get it. It's new. And, and tell me if you've ever heard this statement before vets aren't taught marketing in in school. (laughs) Have you ever heard that? (laughs) What? Huh? I know you're going to be speaking at the Uncharted conference tonight. You might want to slip that in there. Uh, it's a new one, but this. yeah, yeah, that's that's that's. I just gave you free gold. Um, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, and it's funny too. You have like, and you have a lot of clinics. We have a lot of clinics that are amazing with social media and take these great photos and send them to us, and we'll edit them, and we'll you know we'll we'll write captions, we'll you know we'll schedule them out, we'll turn them into like blog posts. We have a, like a emergency and referral center in Seattle. And they just, they'll send us like five pictures and a story of, you know, a dog that went through chemo and we'll turn it into like six pieces of content and do like a, you know, like a series about it. And it's like, that's why whisker cloud exists. And that's what we should, I wish that was a partnership and don't get me wrong. Like I'm saying this, it sounds horrible, but you know, sometimes it's nice for the people that want to be on our content plan and don't want to talk to us and don't send us shit. It's like, okay, we'll, you know, we'll pull pictures from your side and, you know, use AI to make it look like it's in your hospital and we can do some weird shit, but like, okay, that's cool. But (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and I, I wish everyone would say, this is what we're doing. It's, and I get it. And But like you talked about too, you're like, it's so busy. So busy. It's so busy. And the reality is that that's a constant answer, right? It was the answer before COVID. It's certainly the answer during COVID. And it's probably going to be the answer after COVID. So I think at that point too, when I get that answer on repeat, then I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about that. What's, again, is this objective important to you? If the answer is still yes, then we have to do something to get over the it's too busy problem. And that's when, for me, that's what's like most rewarding is that's what's nice when I can help them figure something out in their workflow or maybe they need, maybe there's somebody else on their team. A lot of vets I see really want to take this on. And I get that, especially if you have ownership in the practice or, or a leadership role, like if you're medical director or something like that, a lot of vets do want to have a hand in that. But at the end of the day, if they repeatedly aren't able to capture that content, is there someone else that could participate in that that would help? Like maybe the vet has final approval, but at least if someone else can get that job done, right? Can somebody else take the picture? Can somebody else submit the the story or, you know, write the blog, those kind of things. So a lot of times that's a hard look that a lot of practices have to take. If you're answering, I'm too busy, but this objective is still important. There has to be a change at some point, or it's just the definition of insanity, right? Like just continuing to do the same thing. And expecting a different result. So we need no more of no more insanity in the world. So hopefully we can help them figure that out. Well, you know, it's like I always say, and I, I like to do this a lot on this podcast. Like if I was running a hospital, what would I do? I mean, this is what I would do. Seriously. I would get two really cool looking like chalkboards that kind of look like paint. And I would have like, this is the names of every patient that's going to be here today. And then when they come in and they check in for their appointment, I know curbside is going to make it a little different, but Hey, you know, while you're here, you know, go to our website and, you know, can you fill this out saying you're allowed to use your pictures or whatever, but yeah, have the pets pose under their name, under the board, and then have another one that says, you know, Hey, it's my first visit. I mean, we get a lot of those and they always look great. And the engagements through the roof and, you know, we do stuff too, where we build stuff into the sites where people can like leave reviews and then it automatically emails us to create a graphic for it. And, you know, and I'm like, we will create like a cool graphic, share the photo if they upload the photo. And then we'll, you know, we'll use that to say, Hey, you know, f- come feature your pet and leave us a review. And people are like, I want to see my dog or cat on that site. So I'm going to do this. But same thing. We have like photo galleries where people can upload photos and things like that. And it's like the user generated content that you could get is so great, but nothing really beats you know, having the vet, having the people that that everyone knows, just do a quick video. Hey, you know, it's like I think about my dogs. I have two Boston Terriers. Uh, Baxter just turned nine. Sophie is turning 11 a week from tomorrow. She's still like the most psycho fast 30 pound Boston Terrier on earth, but she's 11. You know, I kind of want to know. I, I wouldn't mind some information about, hey, is your dog over seven? Here's some tips you should know you know, this is why you should be doing this. These are some supplements that we recommend. You know, this is how often we should be looking at their teeth, things like that. And, you know, I, I just think about what content is meaningful to me. And, you know, we do an insane amount of research on our side and we provide them with this information. It's flea tick and heartworm month. These are the stats on flea tick and heartworm last year. These are some ideas we recommend have a, you know, if you guys get a tick on a pet, take a picture of it, send it to us. We'll turn it into an awesome graphic. If you find a cat with ear mites, 
you know, get take that, a picture. Get that creepy crawly yeah. video through the. Through yeah, the I'm thinking about I'm thinking about like Tanasia Crocker and uh, Ashley Bourgeois right now because they're posting that stuff all the time and grossing me out. But, um, but the yeah, it's like it, effect. It works. For oh sure. my god, it works. Or it's like you know, I always like like we had a post. We had a post a couple years back. It ended up going crazy viral. I'm talking like 600,000 likes for this customer. And it was um, someone gave their dog. They ran out of their flea and tick stuff and they put their cat stuff on their dog. And the dog almost died. And the video is this dog like shivering, like fighting for its life. And they sent us the video and said, you know, you guys make the final call. Should you, should you post this, whatever? And we posted it and it exploded. I mean, they were getting local news coverage and it just blew up. And, you know, we thought long and hard about when we were going to post it, what we we're going to post it. We trimmed the clip because there was like a kind of a sad part at the end. And, we, you know, we talked about this is what happened. This is the ingredient. You know, we, and we worked with the vet. What was the ingredient that did it? I don't remember the name, but, you know, there was an ingredient. It had the letter Z in it. That's all I can know. Um, I'm not a doctor, everyone. But anyway, yeah. And it was like, you know, how many people out there think, yeah, I mean, I have a cat with two dogs and we have both. Like, how many people are like, yeah, that'll be fine. Or how many people are like, my dog seems weird. Let me give it some aspirin. Because we had we had a story where someone gave their dog an aspirin. And then the picture they sent us was like, a pool of bloody vomit. But we even had, we had a hospital in North Carolina send us a picture. This was, I mean, I, I saw the photos. It like scarred everyone here who saw it. They, uh, someone was mowing their lawn and their dog jumped in front and the, the lawnmower like chopped this dog's hand like half. and they sent us the photos they did reconstructive surgery dog ends up only losing two digits two in the middle and uh, kept the others and then what we did we made like a blurry cover photo and we did a blog post about it and we did it on their site same deal like it went crazy viral and people don't think of these things and you know, in the moment that dog comes in, we're lucky that the, I think it was one of the associate vets was like, I'm going to take pictures of this and send it to whisker cloud. Cause this is really important. And, and those are the types of, it's really gross, but I think there's a lot of people that like gross things. I mean, look at Cody Creelman. My, I talked to him this morning. Like he's built like, he's always popping stuff and stabbing stuff and doing weird stuff. And I'm not, I don't even eat meat. I'm pescatarian. So it's like weird to watch that stuff. Right. But <laughs> Well, it does. I mean, it's, those are shows like for, you know, Dr. Pimple Popper or whatever. That's like a human TV show. Like I've never watched it, but apparently it's a thing, but yeah, that the gory factor is what, gets them in, but I think it does the added benefit of being educational. And a lot of, I'm sure your clients say this too, like they don't want to post anything educational because it doesn't get engagement. That's what they say. But it's because they're posting like just a link to a blog on someone else's site and little to no caption or description to go along with it. Of course, that doesn't get any engagement, right? Like, but if you're using powerful imagery that no one else has, then that can A, draw them in, and B, still convey something that's really, really important. Like don't give a ton of aspirin to your dogs or don't let lawnmowers near your dogs, I guess, is the, is the lesson for the other one. But you know what the thing is with that other one? There was one thing I thought of because we have a progression of the healing and we kept updating it and like updating the blog and updating the social. And this dog's paw minus the two digits looks like it never happened at the end. And it's one of those things where you almost want to say like, hey, if they could do that, 
then guess what? What else? I, I trust them to do any surgery with my pet because wow, look what they just did. So they don't. I don't even think they realize it from that perspective. The type of information, and so you know, and I and I think the doctors should get more involved too because you know it's just talking about topical stuff. What are you seeing in the hospital? You know, for us, the Whisker Cloud blog. Again, we put out a lot of content, a crazy amount of content. We just wrote a blog a couple days ago that just went live and it's like blowing up it's how to write a bio for your website. Oh my gosh. Does it say, don't start off with my name is Dr. Caitlin DeWild. I graduated in 2009 <laughs> from the university of Illinois. Like that's how 90% of bio starts. So I hope it doesn't say that. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, it but I mean, it's actually the number one thing we struggle with at whisker cloud. It's like we struggle with people and then it holds up their websites launching. So we were doing some research and our marketing team and we were like, just reading up on what do the best bios have? What are the most important things? And we gave people, it's literally whiskercloud.com slash blog right now. Anyone could go read it. How to write a team page bio for your website. And we said, listen, like a lot of people struggle with that. So we said, break it into six small parts. And if you can write two sentences for each of these six parts, what's your name? Done. That was easy. Your current role and how long you've been doing it. Your goals and plans for the future. Your biggest professional achievements and accomplishments. What you like to do when you're not working. And a fun or quirky fact about yourself. If you can write two to three sentences for each of those things, which should be easy, you just wrote a bio. And then, you know, our team, or, you know, if you don't work with us, someone will, you know, should be able to wordsmith it, make it sound good. Yeah. But it's like, just break it into those six parts. And it's weird though, people, and I, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before. A lot of people say like, well, it's just weird writing about myself. You know, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, I'm Adam Greenbaum. I'm the baddest ass marketer on earth, multi award winning, international award winning, being called genius three times. Um, you know, like I'll go on and on and on, but yeah, it's, you know, for vet professionals, it's hard to say like, I graduated from Ohio State University or, you know, wherever. And I'm not like a Ohio State person. So, you know, <laughs> me neither. But I just know they're, they're real particular about it over there. So. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of the <laughs> Ohio State customers out there. But. Yeah. But vets in general are just so bad at tooting their own horn. Right. And I think some of that goes back to the like, they don't want to appear like they're showing off or that they're making a lot of money or, or whatever. But those are also the things that make them hate their jobs sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, and like you said, we need to find ways to stand out because the competition is there and getting bigger and stronger every day. And if you have a very boring, like there's nothing to connect to, right? If you don't have a, a kind of a more personalized bio like that, we've even had people choose, you know, choose doctors based over some of the like fun facts that they've put in their, in their bio, or even how many pets, how many kinds of pets. Like I had, I had somebody pick me at my clinic because I was the only one who had a picture with a cat. Everybody else had their picture with the dog and they, they wanted a cat vet, even though I have way less cats than some of the other vets, <laughs> but they were like, but you were the one that brought in your cat for the picture. And I was like, because I wanted to be a little bit different and I didn't want everybody to have a dog because then we'd look like a dog only clinic. Right. And I have the like nice cat that would tolerate a picture. So, but I mean, people do pay attention to that. I mean, you probably have tons of data to show that that's like 
the about page is probably one of the top visited pages for most practices. Would you agree? It's in the top three. It's typically home and then about and services usually fight for one or two or, two or three. But yeah, I mean, that's and obviously home's going to always be. But yeah, if you take that out and it's funny, too. I mean, we talk about that a lot. We have some clinics that say, I don't want bios or pictures of us. And, you know, I don't get too involved when people are onboarding. But sometimes, you know, and again, we do a daily status meeting. So I know like right now, I think we're I think our team's building like over 80 sites right now, uh, which is just wild. And and, you know, they go through the list and, and we use HubSpot. So we got 10 billion notes and we use Trello. So we're like looking through all the notes and I'll, I'll see like doctors refusing to have his picture and I'll call them. I mean, there was a guy in Florida. I called him. I said, you got to get your picture. No, I don't want that. I said, listen, dude, I'm just telling you right now, there's no doctors on your site and you barely provided us with any pictures. I, I'm like, welcome to 2021. You're the catfish, everything like you got it. You got to do that stuff. It's just important. People want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. That's a Dave Nichol lecture right there. But uh, Dr. Dave Nichol, but it's true, right? If they can't, and especially now, if in the era of curbside, they can't form a relationship or a bond with us as well, especially when they can't see us. And if now we're like not going to be online, you're not willing to take pictures for your website or to put on social media. Also, you can't see me because I'm in the back and you can't come in. That's a scary thing for a lot of pet owners. And I can kind of understand where they're coming from with that, right? And we're not going to be able to convert those clients into lifelong bonds at all. So sometimes we got to get over it and, and just move on. But <laughs> I'm the last one who wants my picture taken either, but kind of had to. So. And let me ask you this. Like, I assume you guys have like a family dentist you use. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you follow that dentist on Facebook? I do. Okay. Damn it. I, you know, you're supposed to say no, but anyway, okay. So you follow the dentist. I only do because our dentist is right next to the vet clinic. And so we have, uh, <laughs> we're actually closer. I I'm actually his dog's vet also. Okay. Okay. So then all this makes sense. That's a little bit weird, but yeah, you're right. I never followed him until I became his, his vet. And I, we were going to be neighborhood, like neighbor buddies <laughs> as business. Well, and like, and where I was going with that, it's like, you know, all the services that we use, chiropractors, dentists, dry cleaners, whatever. It's like, what really gets you to follow a Facebook page? I mean, I think vet meds lucky, you know, I've been in human health med. Um, see, I've always had, to be honest, like my career history is great. I was at an agency that had a lot of cool clients in Las Vegas. Then I was, you know, head of analytics and digital and stuff at lasvegas.com. So it was like, you know, our social was literally just like celebrities and only like behind the scenes, Las Vegas restaurant openings and club openings and concerts. And then I was part of a human healthcare company, which social was tough. I was the third employee at a virtual interior design company, which social was easy. And now here I am. Uh, at Whisker Cloud, where it's like, hey, it's cats and dogs. Social is kind of easy for us. I mean, I don't know. Imagine being like, I don't know if they're out there. Podiatry Cloud. If anyone wants to steal that, you can have it. I don't want it. I'm not looking at feet all day. But yeah, if there was like a podiatry cloud out there, like, I, what do you do for social media? It's like, hey, look at this foot. How gross, right? It'd just be hard. But like, we have this ability in VetMed. Here, look at this sweet tax return. Oh, wait, you know? <laughs> <laughs> This giant stack of papers. Like, what are yeah, you? Yeah, it's just like horrible, we have, but we have it so easy over here. <laughs> like, look at this adorable dog. 
look at this. I know it, it's just like, look at this puppy here for their first visit. But like, I always want them to take it a step further. I'm like, okay. So every time you do a post, we're going to do the post. And then I want you to think about, you know, and I say this to our team more than anything, like what's the purpose of this post? What's the call to action? And, you know, we've kind of gotten to the point where I've relaxed that organizationally, where not every post needs to have a, a call to action. But I also do think like a lot of hospitals that I see out there that do their own stuff. And, you know, I'm in all of these Facebook groups. It does get weird when they're like, look how many likes I got. Hey guys, look, I got 48 likes. It's, again, I keep going back to the, I, I wish as a business owner, I could pay people with likes are literally valueless. If they don't click through to the site, that's a whole nother topic with analytics and data. And we're in the middle of building a data warehouse right now. Cause I said, I just want, I want everyone here to know every click and what happened from it, no matter what. But you know, I don't think people look at that. They're like, well, we only added 13 fans last month. It's like, well, yeah, but you live in, you know, you live in Idaho and you're in a town where there's 118 people. We just got 10, 10% of them to like your page. I don't know what to tell you. So yeah, it's uh Facebook's weird. So, you know, if people are out there listening and they're tired of hearing me talk and we have the social DVM here and, you know, and they said, Hey, what are your quick hit three top tips for just doing better on social media? And, and where do they start? What are the three things they should be thinking about and doing? I think you kind of already touched on one, which is including a call to action with literally almost every post. So if you're going to post the cute puppy picture, that's awesome. But it needs to also remind people if your puppy needs to come in, click here, right? <laughs> Book now. Um, or to say, hey, if you want to know more about what we're providing for puppies on their first visit, click here to go to the website, to the blog. So using your social to actually drive business has to be a, an option, right? So I think that's tip one. So tip two would be actually looking for user-generated content. So I think that a lot of times we ignore or don't know where to look on if our practice has been tagged in a photo or um, even location has been tagged. So looking at those, look on Instagram and don't just look at your, like, okay, even if you don't have an Instagram page, if you're listening and you don't have Instagram, number one, you should get it. Number two, uh, if you do look at what photos have already been tagged at your location, because I bet there are some, right? And you don't even know that the that people are taking pictures in your building or probably now in your parking lot. But still, like they may be tagging you, like wanting you to see content and we're not doing it. So those are the people that you already have a two-way street now. Those people are reaching out to you online on social media. So why are we not doing something with that, right? So interacting with that content, resharing that content, and that's an easy win, right? <laughs> so you're like, I don't know what to post. It's Thursday. You kind of talked about that earlier. <laughs> uh, that's a, a good tip on, on finding content and finding the people that are already looking to connect with you on social media. I think tip three would be to use a content calendar, honestly. So go back to the basics. Why are you using social media? And then plan out your content a month at a time, if you can. It doesn't have to be every single day and you're going to leave room for like the cute puppy pictures that come in. But are you hitting your goals every month? Are you talking about that you have book now or you have an online pharmacy or you have boarding or you have cat only night on Thursdays? Are you hitting the things that you know you need to talk about as a business? Are you doing that every month? And I really think that unless you sit down and plan it out, you can't accomplish your goals. It's also way more efficient to go 
post, you know, set aside an hour or two and schedule that content out or talk to your party provider, you know, third party provider. If you're, they're working with Whisker Cloud, for instance, I'm sure they can send an email, right? To your team to be like, all right, we want to hit this, this, and this, this month. Like, can we make sure that that happens? So it's way more efficient and it will help you meet your goals a lot easier if you're using a content calendar. No, and I agree with all that. And it's so funny. And like, I'm going to do this in 20 seconds right now. Like by the time this airs, because it's the final week of April, this will probably be, this is probably going live like May. Um, If you're out there listening and it's like not May, ignore me. But um, so it's May, right? Okay. It's National Pet Month. Cool. This is where you encourage people to upload photos that you can then share and then watermark and done. You'll probably get... So like, let's take a step back. There's 30, 31 days in a month. There's 31 days in May. We need 20 posts to feel really good, I would say. Okay. So it's National Pet Month. Can we get five pieces of user-generated content? Cool. There's five of the 20 posts we are going for. Now, it's Asthma Allergy Awareness Month. Do you want to talk about Cytopoint and Apoquel and, and other allergy testing you do? Cool. Do two of those posts in the month. Do one talking about the products do another one with the doctor talking about it now you're at seven posts for the month it's lyme disease prevention month awesome do you want to talk to people about what lyme disease is if it's prevalent in your area and how you're going to do that again one or two posts awesome it's chip your pets month here's a quick stat i'm going to give it to you on the podcast According to Pet Finder, 10 million pets go missing every year and one in three pets will go missing at some point in their life awesome take microchip a pet Smile for the camera and post that stat and talk about it. if your pet's not microchip, let us know. And next time you're here, let us check your chip for you to make sure the information's up. And then from there, I just gave you 10 posts, three or four posts about your services. Do you know, you also have International Workers Day, Star Wars Day, Cinco de Mayo, National Nurses Day, Mother's Day, National Receptionist Day, National Rescue Dog Day, Armed Forces Day, International Chihuahua Appreciation Day, Heat Awareness Day, Memorial Day. So, I mean, it's like, you know, you hear those things and it's, you know, it's the end of April now. I mean, I could probably, if I was like, if I was a, whether I was a vet owner who, didn't have someone and I kind of handled that stuff myself. I could sit down on a Saturday morning and I could figure out how I was going to get these things. Um, even if you didn't work with a third party, you know, company like us and you just wanted to do this yourself. Same thing with reviews every month. Like if you're doing a good job, encouraging reviews, you're going to get four reviews. And then, you know what we do? We create a cool graphic out of it or a fun video or the picture of the pet. And then we post it with a link back. We usually make custom links where they can leave your review with one click and like, boom, you just keep that cycle going. And then more people leave your reviews. You get more content to post. So, I mean, all right, that was longer than 20 seconds, but like, <laughs> I mean, like, you did a yeah, whole like, in like less than 90 seconds. Yeah. I mean, May's done. Now start thinking about June, adopt a cat month, pet preparedness month, microchipping month. Like, you know, it's just rinse and repeat. So I think people get so like, Oh, I got to get the perfect picture. You know, what's the perfect picture? Probably like a bunch of Boston Terrier puppies, I would say. <laughs> But like, you know, you might not always get that, but the content's there. And if you took like an hour, you could probably get a third of your month done in an hour. And, you know, again, when you work with third party people or, you you know, you have people like Caitlin who are on your team, it's like, this is easy if you can just sort of put together that plan. And yeah, doc, you know, at some point we're going to have to point a camera at you and you're going to have to say, this is why ticks are really freaky. And this is why Lyme disease, you know, this is not something you want your pet to have. And this is what we're going to do to help. And then it's done. Right, right. It's done. And I think kind of building on that is also, you probably don't have to reinvent the wheel every year. Like think of it that way. If you build out your calendar for 
May or for June next year when you're like, okay, and you've got a blank May, you can go back and be like, what did we do last month or last year? How did that work? Did that stuff work? Great. Let's do more of that, right? (laughs) Did that post totally fall flat? Let's not do that again, right? So you've got some springboard to kind of bounce off of. I love that you just said that because it's like we repurpose content all the time. And you know what we do is like on our site, we have like 200 blogs and and we just have, you know, we just do check-ins where we're like reading old blogs and saying like, yeah, okay, that's changed. Let's go rewrite that. I mean, that's what we do. And, you know, the more blogs we write and the more content we produce and we've posted videos like, I, we have like holiday videos that we've posted like three years in a row. And I don't think people remember like, is that what Whisker Cloud posted last December? No, I don't remember what I ate yesterday for dinner, to be honest. So no one's thinking about what you posted last May. So if you want to have the same awesome video, you know, about what Lyme disease is and how bad it is, just repost it. Right, right. I think that that's, that's huge for sure. I mean, obviously I'd love it if you could make new and more creative stuff all the time. But the reality is that especially now when everyone is so busy, you can kind of refer back to that. But I think it's also inspiration to be like, put in the time, right? Put in the time, make something good, and you can use it again if you do. If you make something that's kind of crappy, then maybe not. But if you you put in a good effort, then it's more than likely you could use it again later. It's that simple. So let me ask you this. You're speaking tonight. I'm not going to keep you long. Where can people find you? Where can they read your social stuff? Where can they listen to you? All of that stuff. All over. I think the socials, you can find me pretty easily at The Social DVM. And my website is www.thesocialdvm.com. Well, I'm so appreciative that you came on and chatted and, and hung out. And I, like I said, I know you're speaking at Uncharted uh, probably pretty soon here. So thank you for everything. You know, I'm so thankful you're here. I'm so thankful that this industry has people like you here. So then when people talk to Whisker Cloud, I'm like, I don't know, are they crazy? Are they trying to sell me a bunch of shit? And then like they have like people like you who kind of back it up. It makes our lives easier. So <laughs> thank you so much. And hey, break a leg tonight. Go kick ass right. now that this was like a good warm up. <laughs> it was, it was. I'm going to channel my inner Hulk and uh, do Yes. Yeah. See, I thought you'd like that. All right. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Listen, subscribe, and all of that.